Hello, everybody, and welcome to Unaired, the show where we take TV shows canceled with episodes left unaired, review them, and then pitch our ideas for how we think they could have continued. I'm Ed. And I'm Andy. Hello. Andy is back. Yes, I am. Uh, I just want to apologize to everybody in advance. Um, you know, the holidays are coming up. It's uh, it's that time of year when you, you go home and you visit your folks. And uh, sometimes you visit your folks and you forget to bring your audio hardware with you. So um, I am currently using a uh, makeshift microphone. So I apologize for my audio quality in advance. Yes, he MacGyvered a microphone in preparation. Yeah, I, I basically I took um, a uh, an old car phone from the 1990s and uh, I jerry rigged that with some bubble gum and a uh, a paper clip from 2003. Which, if you didn't know, uh, paper clips from 2003 are uh, very hard to come by. So uh, those things are rare. Yeah, that in 2003 there was a paperclip shortage so uh, totally unrelated to what we have to talk about today but it's a whole other story and if you're interested in, in listening to it um we have a new program coming out on npr that uh we're really excited to talk about <laughs> yes um what, what's that program called andy uh it's called paper my clip <laughs> paper my clip starring andy <laughs> pa- paper me ready starring ira glass paper me timbers starring clippy Oh, man. If there was a Clippy television program, I'd be all over that. Actually, uh, nobody take that. I'm going to start developing that, like, right away. <laughs> Dude, throw that shit on Nickelodeon. Guarantee you'll get, like, three seasons. There should be, like, a horror movie with Clippy as the villain. Like, we had that, um, what was it called? Was it called Unfriended? The, like, Skype one? Yeah. Yeah, there should be, like, a Clippy one. <laughs> <laughs> called, like, uh... I don't know, little red line or something, F seven or something. I, I don't know. <laughs> Control alt deleted. Um, Ed, uh, I was telling you before we started recording, but uh, the program that we we watched um, this week is one that uh, I unfortunately saw for the first time almost a year ago. And uh, ordinarily, with with bad media, a year would be enough to uh, kind of cleanse your palate and revisit something that is this bad. Um, I I can confidently say it didn't feel like it was long enough to uh, stay away from this one. Yeah. So this week we covered the uh, ill-fated 1997 live-action pilot for the Justice League of America. Now, this wasn't your regular uh, pilot. This was a TV movie pilot. Yeah, so it, it's like, it's a whole production. It's like, what is it? it? Does it clock in at about like an hour or is it an hour and a half? It's like an hour 20, I yeah. think, roughly. And um, if, if you've never heard of this, don't worry. Uh, a lot of people haven't. Um, I think CBS went to some drastic measures to essentially erase the existence of this thing clean from the earth. Like, the only way you could find it is if you went through, like, some internet back channel. Um, you have to go yeah. to the dark web for it. Yeah. <laughs> I honestly feel like it took me so long to find this thing again. And I, I, rem- I was watching, like, so many different, like, reviews of it. And I was like, I, this thing has to exist. I remember watching it. Um, it inevitably, I had to uh, do some ethically dubious uh, detective work to... Uh, download this program to my computer and 
watch it in its uh, glorious, uh, I don't even know, like 480p or whatever. <laughs> Honestly, I think it was less, like it looked like less. Yeah, it it's not great. <laughs> um, and again, if you've never heard of it, don't worry, a lot of people haven't. CBS did a lot of work to hide this one. Um, and, and I'm sure a lot of people are aware of the other like CBS programs, like um, the Flash uh program that they had going on and, and i think they were the ones who also did the wonder woman show um but this was one show that was a total like dark mark on their superhero television history <laughs> this to them is like the nbc wonder woman pilot like this is that equivalent which i've never seen so i don't, I don't even is that bad oh my god it's horrible <laughs> can can you run me through it like what's wrong with it Okay, we actually did an episode on it, but I will give you a quick little rundown. Yeah, give me, give me. Well, first off, listeners, go listen to that episode. Um, but just, just give me the the pitch. What, what went wrong there? So essentially, it's like, hey, I'm David E. Kelly, creator and producer of Ally McBeal, and I'm gonna make Ally McBeal into Wonder Woman. We, essentially, it's strong, independent Wonder Woman. She runs like a business. She doesn't have a secret identity. She like makes money off of the fact that she's Wonder Woman. She has a toy line. Oh my god. It's so weird. She <laughs> um, fucking throws a metal pipe through some dude's head. <laughs> uh, now uh I'm gonna have to go back and, and listen to that one. <laughs> yeah. Um Yeah, it, it's it's essentially like CBS's version of that. Um except like this is this is so bizarre. This is the the most bizarre take on superhero media I think I've ever seen. Like, I, I don't I, I don't understand what they were thinking. Yeah, I don't either. It's essentially like they're trying to make a sitcom, but also a reality show about superheroes. And correct me if I'm wrong, but in 1997, there weren't a lot of like reality television like touchstones to go off of. Like, there was no like solid model for how reality television was supposed to be so it's pretty ambitious of a a network working with a property like this to take such an experimental approach in telling this story which there there's not even a story that's pretty uh pretty liberal of me to even imply that there might be one here yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah so it's just like it's essentially Justice League, the reality show, but it's all staged, and it makes absolutely no sense. Yeah, so let's do a quick rundown of who is uh, who the roster is of this Justice League. So we have The Flash, you know, pretty cool. Mainstream. We have Green Lantern, all right, on board. Yeah, we have, makes sense. We have Fire. Oh, wait, hold up. Oh, who's that? <laughs> uh, who, who's Fire? I had to Google this to make sure this wasn't a character they just made up for this. <laughs> she does exist. She does. But like, yep. But who? Seriously, fire. <laughs> yeah, she's she's not the first one to come to mind when you think of the Justice League. No, not at all. Then we have the Atom, which I mean, I guess I guess you could, you could kind of go for that. I mean, the CW shows have their Atom, so it's not like too obscure of a character. But still, not the first thing you think of when you see Justice League. No, and honestly, like, come on. Like, you could have worked Aquaman into here. Yeah. This this 
this format lends itself so well to an Aquaman appearance. It's like so bizarre that there's not even like a little bit of Aquaman sprinkled in here anywhere. (laughs) (laughs) Missed opportunity. Very missed opportunity, especially because they tried to lean more towards like the comedic side. So like there could have been so many jokes like, oh, like this guy talks to fish. Ha ha. Kind of like the joke that they do in the Justice League trailer. But I think like, I think there was this weird like time period where people just forgot about Aquaman. And then like, I don't know, maybe like late 90s, early 2000s, people were like, you know, that was kind of like fucked up that there was a guy who just talked to fish. (laughs) It, It like got funnier for some reason, like as we got closer to present day. And I think when 1997 was around, I think, you know, not everybody thought Aquaman was funny. Or he wasn't the first one to come to mind, unfortunately. Because yeah. he should be here. I don't understand why fire is here. And uh, I I mean, I know that Adam was a member of the Justice League in the cartoons. And he, he probably was in the comics at some point. But again, not the first person you think of. All right. So we also have newcomer starting this episode, <laughs> who is Ice. She uh, gets her powers in this episode. She's essentially like the main character. Yeah, she's she's the outsider that like takes us into understanding the Justice League. Right. She's we're supposed to be like in her shoes like, oh, this is a new world to me. Except (laughs) and I don't want to spoil too much. um, Not really, though. (laughs) (laughs) Like like with the reality television stuff. We're already having an outsider perspective from just being the viewer here. We don't need to complicate it by adding this other person. <laughs> we I mean, need you're not to explore. Wrong. <laughs> I, I don't know. Um, she's she's very bizarre. Uh, at, at, at least the actress who's giving the performance here is fairly bizarre. You know who she reminded me of? Do you remember the show Mad TV? Oh, yes. A little program called Mad TV. I remember that program. She looked like Stephanie Weir. She does. You know what? I, I was actually watching her, and uh, I got like a Patricia Arquette vibe in some ways. Like she at least looks like her. She does not have the chops of Patricia Arquette, though. She's like Patricia Arquette light. Yeah, she's like the poor man's Patricia Arquette. She's Patty Arquette. Speaking of which, uh, there's only one. Actually, sorry, there are two other actors in the show that stand out. Um, and one of them is the actor who plays the Adam, um, who I know I've seen from something. And may- maybe you know. Uh, that not that actor, like, super familiar? He see- he reminded me of um, ah, one of the dudes from Tim and Eric. I can't remember which. Oh, Eric Wareheim? Yeah, he looks like Eric Wareheim, but also kind of like John C. Riley as Steve Brule. Yeah. Well, he honestly, he reminds me of uh, Dan Castellana or whatever, the voice of uh, Homer Simpson. Okay, I can see that. Kind of seems like that guy. But uh, the uh, other actor who stands out here is uh, legendary screen actor Miguel Ferrer. Yeah. (laughs) Who, uh, yeah, we'll we'll talk a bit about his character soon. But uh, if uh, you, you hold him in high praise, I'm not sure this is the the show to come to to uh enjoy his performance here (laughs) yeah we also have 
Um, later in the show, it's revealed that Martian Manhunter is kind of like the <laughs> the guy in charge. And <laughs> the fucking actor they took to play Martian Manhunter has the biggest fucking stomach I've ever seen. <laughs> he looks like they pasted Mar- <laughs> Martian Manhunter's head on a coconut. Can I, can I just say, though... Um... And, and I noticed this the first time that I watched it last year, and I was totally baffled by this. Um, the Martian Manhunter, like, look of it, like, what, what his character design looks like, like, they put that actor in a suit that, like, creates a different facial structure for him. Oh, yeah, they put, like, prosthetics on his face. Yeah, he, like, but it, it, it looks like it's part of, like, a bigger suit. Like, he just walked into somebody else's body or something. <laughs> Like, he, he men in blacked into, like, some other humanoid figure. It, it, it's like it's not even that actor anymore at a certain point. <laughs> it, it looks good, I will say. I think I will, it's... Yeah, his costume was one of the, like, the better costumes of this show. It wasn't great by any means, but out of what we had, it wasn't terrible. The costume design, generally speaking, sucks on this show. Which, I feel like if you're going to do a superhero show, you have to at least get a costume correct right like they and looked like, like they were like fisher price toys <laughs> but like fisher price toys that had been left in the microwave like <laughs> the flash like they had a point of reference for the flash they had a flash tv show why didn't they just try to use that same character design? not just that a flash tv show on their own network they didn't have to worry about like getting in trouble <laughs> Um, and then the other thing, and I'm sure this also has to do with how like faded the television program was, but the Green Lantern, he's like blue. He's yeah. not green. Or he's like, maybe he's not blue, but he is like teal. He's the teal lantern. Yeah. There's like something definitely wrong with the costume design on here. Nothing looks right. Um, the Atom looks awful it looks like i mean the adam is played by this like super nerdy guy but when he enters that costume they like try to put those like fake muscles on him and it looks awful but the suit is also made of rubber so it's not even like good looking fake muscles like when he bends you can kind of see it it's it's weird like everything is made of rubber like this tv show just feels like it's made of rubber i feel like if if you owned the VHS tape that this was probably uh, put onto after being recorded, I, I feel like the, that tape would be made of rubber. You could drop that down a flight of stairs and it would bounce back up to you. Yeah. it Like, this is the most rubber-filled TV show I think I've ever seen. And you know what? For such a rubbery TV show, I'm surprised they didn't put Plastic Man in it. That's so true. This is a show... Um, which I know with like early superhero like uh, visual media, it was kind of rare to like reference other heroes or like to acknowledge the fact that you're in a larger universe. That was kind of unprecedented until like Iron Man. But like this is a show that literally feels like it's not Justice League or it's not like what it's claiming to be at all. Yeah, it feels like a knockoff Justice League. That they're trying to, like, trick you into thinking is Justice League. Like, when, like, they release, like, an animated movie and then someone tries to capitalize on it. Like, oh, this is our animated movie, Freezing, and it looks just like Frozen. 
Yeah, it on a, it feels like one of those like knockoff like children's films. Um like what was it? Like Cars had like the Car Buddies like yeah. movie which was just like a a third party knockoff of it or like Kung Fu Panda there's like Kung Fu Bear or whatever. It feels like that. And if you watch this, which I'm not recommending you do, but if you're a fan of superheroes, it's kind of required viewing, I guess, in some ways, because you need to see how bad this is. Um, you're going to feel like you're having a fever dream. <laughs> like the first time I saw this, I thought reality was bending inward. I had to take two viewings to watch this. Like I watched half of it, put it down, had to step away from it for a while and then went back to it. Yeah, this thing is really painful. And actually, this is one of those things that like makes me think about how much media is out there that I still don't know about. Like media that that's like just right up my alley, like so bad. So bad but relevant to my interests. Like how how did how did I go my whole life without knowing this existed? <laughs> Like, no, and nobody references this thing. So, like, I, I mean, I know a lot of people who are, like, super into DC Comics, and no one's been like, oh, yeah, you ever seen this dumb thing? I, I just, I don't know. I felt like, I feel like I'm in, like, a, a computer simulation, and this is, like, an update that somebody added to my life. <laughs> Some, like, DLC pack that I didn't need. They went into the recycling bin and restored it. Yeah. It was... <laughs> God damn it. I mean, essentially, Ed, I mean, that's like what we're doing here. We had to fucking dig into the internet, find this thing, <laughs> and pull it out of the grave. I mean, finding this, anything related to this piece of media is like fucking going into a cemetery and pulling it out. Yeah, it, it, like, I feel like I should have hired Dog the Bounty Hunter to try and, like, track this down. Yeah, I, I don't know. And, and I think this is going to be one of those things that, like, 10 or 15 years is just gonna fucking fade out like a hundred percent it's not one of those things where it like could fade into obscurity but still be like kind of well known like bad movies like neil breen movies or like the room will well maybe not the room because the room is pretty big right now but like trolls troll 2 right oh trolls 2 the hit sequel to the animated film trolls by dreamworks yeah, yeah. <laughs> um it's one of those movies that is like old, but is still kind of relevant because of how bad it is. This is one of those things that's just genuinely bad and will fade out of like public knowledge at a certain point. Yeah. And to your point about like CBS trying to like bury it, um, there were <laughs> when I put this show on the list way back when, because full disclosure, I have a huge list of like TV shows to cover for this podcast. That was one of them. When I put this show on the list, there were several different versions of this on YouTube. And then when we finally went to go like look at this and I went to go watch it, all of them were taken down. Yeah, dude, I was so mad because last year, um, that was where I watched it. I watched it on YouTube. And then, uh, yeah, I went to go find it again for today. Um, and yeah, it just was not happening. It, it honestly started to scare me. I mean, with all this talk about like net neutrality going on, um, <laughs> That, like, my, again, ethically dubious acquisition of this movie might be one of those things that's called into question if that <laughs> neutrality is overruled. <laughs> You're going to get a cease and desist from CBS and they're going to be like, hey, 
So we heard you found our 1997 burning pile of garbage. Get, getting a cease and desist is so scary, and it's happened to me only once in my life, and I thought my life was over. Has it and really? It o- yeah. And it was over the dumbest thing ever. Um, and you know what? I'm just going to come out and say it because obviously I got caught. Uh, <laughs> I I didn't pirate it, but I was streaming it through something that was probably pirating it. Um, actually, you were there. I was watching the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. Oh my god. <laughs> you got a cease and desist for that? Yeah. Uh, and if anyone's wondering, yes, I'm talking about the 2014 uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. What a movie to get a cease and desist for. And the worst part is, I didn't even finish it. If you remember, I was so like hurt by that movie, I had to turn it off. So I got a cease and desist on something I never finished, and it was awful. And my parents confronted me about it, and it became this big thing in my family, all because of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Essentially, almost like ruined my life. Like, oh my god! So, and I can a hundred percent say uh, I never illegally acquired a movie after that. I just imagine your parents were just like, Andy, sit down. We have to talk. Well, it, it was awful because it was about two or three weeks before I moved out of my house. Um, and I got a text message that was like, uh, did you download Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? <laughs> and I immediately knew what had happened. <laughs> so, yeah. That is wonderful. I did not know that. Um, for those of you who are just tuning in, this is a show where we will uh, go through the plot of uh shows that were canceled so yeah also Let's... if you're just tuning in 20 some odd minutes into a podcast <laughs> how'd you do that yeah you're a madman get out of here <laughs> um so okay, we're just let's... gonna do a quick rundown of the plot real quick let's dive into this yeah because uh this was honestly a fever dream so now i will say i did not take notes on this i was too hard-pressed to pay attention and not jump out of a window to escape <laughs> this horrific TV show. So I, it took everything in my power to keep watching. I did not take notes. So let me say, uh, we, we mentioned this before. So I didn't take notes either because I had a very similar experience. Um, so we both pulled up the Wikipedia page here and we were looking at the plot and for something that's an hour and 20 minutes, the plot can be condensed into, like, four paragraphs. Yeah, it's not good. Like, nothing happens in this fucking show. Like, the main plot is padded by so much other shit that, like, when you think about it, you really just wasted so much time out of your life watching this. Yeah, like, there are, like, at least, like, three or four scenes where it's just Tori, the main character, accidentally freezing stuff with her new powers. And being like, what happened? <laughs> so it um, starts off um, yeah. in the Eno Met- Met- Meteorology. Whew. In the Eno Weather Institute. <laughs> I just pulled yeah. a porky pig there. A bit, baby, uh-huh. bit. Baby, bit, meteorology. Yeah. And um, so, you know, there's a tornado coming. And it's because of a guy called the Weatherman, who is the main <laughs> villain. 
and he's uh, threatening the city, and he wants $20 million. But good old Flash comes in, runs in reverse, and kind of stops the tornado. And then, like, in between this, we get these, like, weird little interstitials about, like, each of these characters, um, during which, like, we find out that the Flash had just been kicked out of his apartment, and he can't find a job, that Guy Gardner, Green Lantern, is very bad with relationships because he keeps bailing to save the city, and he doesn't tell the girl he's dating that he is the Green Lantern, and Fire has to leave an audition for a banana. Let me uh, just make a comment on Green Lantern's, like, moment there. Like, um, he most of that information is revealed through, like, a talking head scene. Yep. Um, which feels like it was actually improvised by the actor because he stutters so much in telling us this information about how he hasn't told his girlfriend that he's Green Lantern. To the point where I thought that this guy actually was convinced that he might be Green Lantern. <laughs> and, and don't get me wrong. It's not a good performance. It's just weird. Like, it, it feels too authentic to what it's trying to be. Yeah. Also, uh, yes, Guy Gardner in the comics was a Green Lantern. Um, but he was never, like, the main Green Lantern. Which no. is it's Kinda usually weird. John Stewart, Hal Jordan, Alan Scott. And um, Kyle Rayner. And Kyle Rayner. Um, Guy Gard- Gardner was always like the like strong-armed friend of the main Green Lantern. He was never like Earth's main Green Lantern. <laughs> right. <laughs> so weird. Which, I mean, I guess it does make sense that for this like B-list Justice League, we get Guy Gardner. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. Uh, the only thing that aggravates me is that Flash is on this team. Yeah, and it's the real Flash. It's Barry Allen. Yeah, like... It's not like, oh, Wally West showed up. Yeah, and it... Actually, thinking about what you just said, it would make more sense if this was, like, the B team to an A team of Justice Leaguers. But it's not. You just gave me a great idea for a pitch, but we'll get to that. <laughs> Um, okay, yeah, so she walks out of an audition. What? Um, and David Crumoltz, the guy from Numbers. Oh my god, yeah. He's, like, obsessed with her. And he sort of stalks her, but she, like, kind of just dismisses it. Which, I guess, you know, she has superpowers. She shouldn't, she doesn't have to be afraid of that. But it's super creepy. Can I just say, I think it's interesting that, uh, you described David Crumoltz, uh, by his role on Numbers. Um, when I describe him as the uh, friendly elf from Santa Claus. You know, I I debate, I switch between those two. (laughs) David Krumholtz, a man who needs no introduction. Except for being introduced as the guy from Numbers (laughs) or as the elf from the Santa Claus franchise. Or as a man who has drastically different looks throughout his life yeah he looks like a toddler when he's in the santa claus and then out of nowhere he looks like a grown boy man and now he looks very jolly rotund does he i haven't seen him in a while yeah he um he bulked up 
which isn't a bad thing. I think he pulls it off. But hmm. again, drastically different look for what we know about David Crumble. <laughs> um, yeah, but he he's so creepy in this. He makes me uncomfortable anytime he appears on screen. Yeah, basically his whole like story is that he's trying to trying to date Fire, or her. He's trying to date Bibi DaCosta, which is her like alter ego, her civilian identity. Which leads to a funny moment later, but takes a little while to get there. Yeah. Uh, let's just blaze through this. Pun intended, because fire. Ha, okay. <laughs> so, uh, there is a funny scene after they stop the tornado where they're in a, like an alley and they're like, well, everything's all set. And they're like getting dressed up again. And the Flash is just like, oh, well, you know, I got kicked out of my apartment. <clears throat> Trying to get one of them to be like, oh, you can stay with me. And then they all just like leave and a homeless guy comes out. <laughs> um, how long is it between then and when they all live together? I feel like it's not a, a long turnaround after that scene. Oh, it's not. Like, literally next scene, yeah. the Flash is, like, in their apartment. Because Guy Gardner and uh, Ray Palmer, the Atom, live together. And the Atom was just like, oh, he can stay here for a little bit. <laughs> we also find out that uh, Green Lantern and Fire used to date. Oh, yeah. And that's like a whole point of contention because like she's like, oh, well, when we dated, blah, 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 blah. This is why you're terrible with women. Yeah, it's all uh, there's some uh, very amazing uh, character dynamics going on here. Yeah. And Tori Ice is working late in the lab and some super sketchy guy that she works with is just like, what are you doing here? Why are you still here? Blah, blah, blah. Like keeps questioning him. <laughs> yeah, keeps questioning her and that uh, guy is very extra by the way yeah like, he's he's like super over the top for a guy that's like not even supposed to be menacing he, he's also someone who's only in the episode for like probably less than like five minutes like, oh definitely he, he doesn't he doesn't need to be that overt in what he's trying to do <laughs> yeah they're trying to set it up like oh you're supposed to think this guy is the main villain he's the weatherman so tori goes into the room that he was in she finds a briefcase and accidentally spills water on it as she opens it and gets sprayed with some like some mist yeah and we find out later this is the weatherman's like weather control device but it gives her ice powers and on her way home she's like accidentally freezing stuff some guy falls into the ocean and he starts drowning. She goes in to save him. The water freezes. And he's like, whoa, dude. He talks like that, too. He's like this yeah. like dumb skater type dude. Ugh, it's so I, bad. I really do like that scene, though, because of how dumb it is. Yeah. <laughs> I like the idea that like she freezes the water around him. But I wanted him to like, I wanted there to be some more consequence there. Like he dies or something like, <laughs> like it, it just suddenly gets really dark or something but no it, it's kind of just played off like a joke yeah and then um the justice league we cut back to them they're in their apartment and they're getting the tv fixed because the adam shrunk himself down to try and fix it he couldn't <laughs> fix it this man's supposed to be like a brilliant science teacher and some repair guy comes in and fixes it with chewing gum and uh 
if you're wondering why he shrank himself down to fix a fucking TV, I couldn't tell you. Yeah, no, (laughs) you would think like, oh, I'm a big, big boy. I can just fix this. Why am I going to get smaller to the point where these wires can crush me? I think I'm convinced that he thinks to solve every problem in life, you have to be little. (laughs) Because, I mean, if you think about it, especially in this episode, it works out like nine out of ten times. You're not wrong. There's also like a little interview later because um, he tries to like date Tori. Uh, He's kind of like her love interest. And they're having like their little like talking head interview. And she's like, oh, there was this one time he shrank down and I froze him in an ice cube. And we scared some girl by putting him in her drink. And he just kind of like jumped out. (laughs) Oh, that's the other thing. There's like a weird kind of time skip that happens in here. Where it's like implied that there's been some time where they've been able to hang out or something. Right. Like these interviews happen like after the fact. Yeah. Yeah, which, which is just, it's so weird. I don't understand. Like, why would you set a show up that way? Especially this show. I don't know. It's just horrible. <laughs> so they decide they're going to um, infiltrate a party at the Eno, the Eno Meteorological Institute. I got it right that time. It's a big word. And uh, Jean Jones, Martian Manhunter, he comes in disguised as Dr. Eno because Martian Manhunter is a shapeshifter. And, uh... The weird dude is just like, oh, I got an invention I want to show you. And he's like, oh, cool. You can do that later. And then. (laughs) Very convincing, by the way. Yeah. Then he goes to talk to him (laughs) later and he's just like, oh, I got to show you my invention. He's like, what the fuck are you talking about? (laughs) It's a whole. It's so weird. It's such a dumb little like little detail that (laughs) it's not not relevant at all. So essentially, the Justice League kind of like, kind of kidnaps her and interrogates her, takes her to their like weird layer underground, underwater, whatever it was. It was in the ocean. Yeah, it's like a, it's like an alien spaceship down there. Yeah, which I mean, it, it's probably John Jones, like his spaceship. Yeah, it makes sense, but it's like the way they get down there <laughs> is a really fucking long elevator. Yeah. <laughs> The, the whole thing with that feels very Power Rangers-esque. Yeah, kind of like where Zordon is. Yeah, which, I mean, if you think about the audience for this show, who's this for? Is this for kids? Is this for adults? Like, who who enjoys this? Yeah, so she's like, oh, I don't want to do this, blah, blah, blah. She wakes up the next morning at her house. She's frozen. She's like, wow, what a weird dream. <laughs> Which turns out to be Let another dream. Yeah, she's she starts singing uh, Frozen songs. She's like yeah. Elsa now. <laughs> and Bibi, uh, who is fire, she runs into this dude again. I think his name was Martin, the guy that David Crumholtz played. And... He's like, oh, I'm yeah. going to take you on a date. I got this all planned out. Here's these cool earrings I bought in France like seven years ago. And then the weatherman strikes again and she has to go. They stop the whole weather thing and he sees her on TV <laughs> as fire. And he's just like, wait a minute. Those are the earrings. What? 
<laughs> and he confronts her about it. Which, by the way, her disguise is to put green paint under her eyes and put a green streak in her hair. That's the only only disguise she has. <laughs> it's like lazier than Superman. It is. So the dude confronts her about it and Jean Joan comes in and he shapeshifts to look like fire. And he's just like, oh, thanks for letting me borrow your earrings. And he's like, what? The Martian Manhunter, can I just say, is a fucking agent of chaos in this show. <laughs> like, he's just doing all this shit, like, unsolicited. Like, he didn't need to do that. He he shows up in the nick of time to shapeshift as her. Yeah, well, what she does is she opens up her, like, mascara or something, and it has, like, a communicator in it, because it cuts back to their little bunker. Yeah. And they hear it, and there's like, oh, no, she's in trouble. Which I like the idea of, like, this man confronting her about this fucking menial thing is, like, an emergency that they need to respond to right away. And it what surprises me the most is that (laughs) Martian Manhunter gets there in, like, seconds, despite the fact that he was underwater and across the city. Like, I'm almost convinced he was already there, like, ready to do it. But then that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> yeah. So um, then Tori finds out that Dr. Eno is actually the weatherman, not this weird dude. Uh, I think his name was Arliss. It turns out the thing Arliss was making was some weird like forecasting machine that like talks <laughs> where it was basically like an Amazon Alexa. That's just like, it's going to rain tomorrow. <laughs> it, it was it was honestly a pretty cool idea. Unfortunately, um he was sidelined on that plot so (laughs) yeah so the weatherman now that tori knows um he visits her and he's just like listen with your powers i know you do ice stuff with your powers we could be like an unstoppable team and she kind of punches him and freezes his arm and then steals the weather machine turns out it's a tracking device and now he knows where the justice league layer is and he uses the weather machine to focus a laser not the sun, a fucking laser. A heat ray. Yeah, a heat ray on the Justice League's underground bunker to <laughs> like heat it up and cook them from the inside. And the way they managed to get out is by using that old trick that the TV repairman did. Uh, the Atom uses gum to fix the <laughs> elevator. To fix the wiring in the fucking elevator. Um... Can I just say, I think we we walked by a very important moment that happened somewhere in the episode, um, and I can't tell whether my brain willed this into existence or if it actually happened, but I believe there's a scene where the Atom shrinks himself down to go by a, like, laser beam or something, and he does, like, limbo over the... He does do that. He <laughs> When they're at the party, sneaking in to try and find out more about the weatherman, he limbos under a... A freaking, like, security system laser beam. <laughs> Folks, this show is tonally all over the place. I, I don't think it knows what it's trying to do. I don't think it did either. <laughs> it feels like a fucking, like, Looney Tunes show just went off the deep end. <laughs> Anyways, we're so close to the end here. Um, so, um, like I said, they're escaping now. And they have to try and find the weatherman. Uh, 
Green Lantern finds him and the weatherman's like, oh, well, try and find this suitcase now. And he throws the weather device suitcase off of a cliff and is like, you can't stop me. And a tidal wave is about to hit the city. So this is when Ice is just like, you know what? I know how to use my powers now. And she freezes the tidal wave. Then they go to her like the next day and are just like, hey, you should join the Justice League. And she's like, no, don't come in. So the Atom shrinks down and breaks into her house. <laughs> so he can talk to her and be like, hey, come on, join, join us. It's not weird. It's not weird. I promise. It's, it's normal. Yeah. He doesn't only break in. He opens the door for the other members to walk yeah. in. And up to this point, I thought he was charming. Like, that's just fucked up. Yeah, and then he asks her out. He's just like, hey, why don't yeah. we go out for lunch? She's like, yeah, sure, whatever. <laughs> and they give her the superhero name, Ice. And Fire gives her a costume and goes, ah, oh, get it? We're going to be Fire and Ice. And then they kind of just, like, walk all together down a city street <laughs> in a perfect line. <laughs> Which happens to be, like, the thumbnail for this like the show yeah if you look this up you will find that picture like everywhere <laughs> oh 100 even i was googling pictures of the atom and this picture showed up yeah it i i feel almost like that's the only picture from the production that exists <laughs> that and freaking fat marlon brandau of a green or not greenlander of a martian manhunter yeah um I think there was one little subplot that I think we we stepped over to where um, the Justice League doesn't trust Ice at some point, right? Yeah, that's when they, like, interrogate her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, like, they have to apologize to her, and, like, that's kind of a thing, which makes it even weirder that they break into her house to apologize. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so they're, they're not very subtle. No, not at all. So we're going to take a quick little break, and then we'll be right back. Well, hello there, neighborinos. The handle's Mr. Most Days Off, but my friends call me Miles, and I'm the host of the Best Darn Diddly Review Show. Hello, Mr. Most Days Off. <laughs> and that's my best friend, Richie the WizKid, the co-host of Best Darn Diddly. Hi, diddly ho there, podcasterinos. The Best Darn Diddly Review Show is a weekly journey through the entire Simpsons series, hosted by us. Two guys who grew up loving The Simpsons. We discuss every diddly, every doodly, and every do. So lace up your assassin sneakers, put on your skin-tight ski suit, and head down the slopes with us at Best Darn Diddly. Stupid, sexy, best darn diddly. You can catch us each and every Monday on bestdarndiddly.com. So Andy, had this horrible travesty of a Justice League show actually been picked up what kind of episodes do you think we would have seen um so one of my gripes with the show is uh i mean i i, I like the adam i like him a lot um it's just i think it's kind of hard to think of scenarios where being tiny is of benefit to anybody <laughs> um so i think if the show continued every episode there would be a little like um like side program that they developed where it's like uh adam's advice or something <laughs> and he's like hey if you think being small isn't cool like 
here's a thing that you could do while you're small. And he like shrinks himself and like eats a block of cheese. And he's like, see, like this would solve world hunger because food would be much bigger. <laughs> so he's um, essentially doing like a, uh, the more, you know, type thing to justify himself. <laughs> yes, exactly. And I think that would make the writer's job way easier. Um, <laughs> and I know that's not uh, technically anything of substance for a pitch, but I, I think it's a segment that could uh, be popularized in future episodes. You know what? I enjoy it. Um, my other pitch that I had uh, an idea for is uh, kind of building off the idea that Martian Manhunter is an agent of chaos. Um, and that, you know, we just continue to have episodes where, you know, like Martian Manhunter went and did something like he transformed into somebody and created a situation that the justice league needs to like solve. So maybe there's like a future episode where, you know, he shapeshifts into a famous Senator. He gives a speech and says something that maybe he shouldn't say. And now the justice league has to go around like fixing his mistake. See, I like the fact that you chose that example. So essentially the justice league would be knocking on doors like, Hey, he wants to yeah. formally apologize. <laughs> <laughs> this yeah, is something the Flash could settle in like two seconds. <laughs> it's something like very mundane that they wouldn't need to use their powers for. Um, because I think if there's one thing that this show is trying to communicate to us and the way it's been made, it's that um, CBS didn't want to pay for a lot of the powers to be used, it seems like. Yeah, the special effects were horrible. It, it, it's so bad. Like, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I think that's kind of it. I mean, I, I'd obviously love to see some other DC characters, you know, work their way into the show in terms of other villains. Um, but I kind of feel like the show went off the deep end by featuring somebody named the Weatherman. <laughs> so I would also love like the plumber or like the man or you know just like well, other... i mean the weatherman is a, like an actual dc supervillain. i know but he's just so lame yeah like oh no i, I get your point i would love if they like continued to use like <laughs> horrible like awful villains that are so easy to like do because they don't have any special things about them <laughs> well see that's what i thought would happen i figured they'd use like the like c-list and d-list tier like characters because that's all they could afford to use. Mm -hmm. So like, I figure like maybe they would have like an episode where they think the Joker's in town and there's like, mm -hmm. Oh wait, reports show it's not the jokes, the Joker, it's the trickster. And they're like, okay, okay. And then they get there. It turns out it's the prankster, <laughs> like the C list version of the Joker. Mm -hmm, yeah. And it's played by Pee Wee Herman, obviously. Oh, that would be so good. And he's like running around like, ha. Ah! And, like, doing, like, stupid little pranks, like, putting whoopee cushions underneath the Justice League seats or something stupid like that. And he, uh, obviously gets away by, uh, they capture him. And he's like, don't I get a last request? And they're like, yeah, sure, I guess. So he picks up a jukebox out of his pocket. He carries around a jukebox. And he puts on the tequila song and starts dancing <laughs> for them. And they just get, they're just like, you know what? That was amazing. You can join the Justice League now. <laughs> You know, you know what I'm mad about your pitch? Yeah. I feel you nailed 
the tone of this show <laughs> and what you just proposed. Like, I almost am convinced that you could be a writer on this show with that idea. CVS, call me. <laughs> <laughs> like, and I'm mad that I would want to watch that. Well, I mean, who doesn't want to watch Pee Wee Herman dancing to tequila? <laughs> I mean, that part's amazing. But even like the whole thing of like them going and finding him and realizing he's not as interesting as somebody yeah. else. Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, what other kind of like terrible villains do you think they would have got? Um, Probably uh, Captain Boomerang, but he probably like, I don't know. He probably actually uses, like, real boomerangs instead of, like, a cool, like, metal one. Yeah. Probably uses, like, a wooden one. And it it, it comes back, but it takes a while. And it just, and like, the, accidentally gives someone a black eye. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm trying to think, like, what other, like, shitty superheroes they could use. Um, or, or villains, rather. That's a good, I don't know. Well, while you're thinking of that, I want to bring up something that I talked about earlier. An idea that was sparked by you saying, like, what if this is, like, this, the B-list Justice League, and there's an actual Justice League out there? <laughs> like, with Batman, Superman, and all them. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking, like, what if there's a Thanksgiving episode? You know, Thanksgiving is coming up. So, what if uh, The Flash is going to get an audition to try out for the, like, real Justice League? So he invited Bruce Wayne and Clark Kent over for Thanksgiving dinner to try and impress them. But all the other members are just like, well, you know what? I'm just as good as the Flash, so I'm going to try and impress them. So like, they're all just like gathered around the table doing stupid like tricks. Like Bruce Wayne is just like, oh, my turkey's a little cold. So Fire like like snaps her fingers and like lets it on fire. She's like, is that better? And like maybe the atom shrinks down and like, I don't know comes back up with a giant ear of corn. I don't know if he can, like, like bigify things. Yeah, wait a minute. <laughs> I don't know if it's exclusive to him that he can only shrink and, like, grow, or if maybe he can do that. I don't know. Wait, are you suggesting that he, if he was small, right, mm-hmm. and he, gra- he put his hand on something and then made himself normal human size... That the object he was holding or touching would also grow? Well, I mean, think about this. When he shrinks, his clothes yeah. shrink. He doesn't just, like, show up as a naked, like, <laughs> ant. Yeah. So, like, maybe he throws, like, a couple of ears of corn in his pocket. When he's little? Yeah. <laughs> but how would he do that? If maybe he like takes, nor- like, one kernel at a time <laughs> and makes really big popcorn. <laughs> For Justice League movie night. Well, then you could do that with anything. Like, you could take, like, um... Oh, my God. You could take gold. Oh. What if the Atom becomes a villain? Because he realizes he can do this. Oh, my God. I think you've introduced a whole new element of the Atom that I had never considered. Which is that he can, like, literally just hack life. He can. Wow. I mean, how, like, you saw that apartment. How else is a science teacher going to afford that apartment? (laughs) By living with a really cool uh, guy. (laughs) By living with someone who actually does belong in the Justice League. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, technically not. (laughs) 
because he he is guy he's not um he's not kyle or hal right he's just a guy he's just a guy maybe he maybe in that episode he's just like hey so my friend hal did he tell you about me you know i can do that ring stuff too (laughs) um i i I just remembered um, some villains of note from the old Batman series starring Adam West uh-huh. um, that I think could totally work into here. Um, one of them being Egghead. Oh, my God. <laughs> Is this the dude that just really likes eggs? I Oh, my God. Okay. No, but I don't even want to tell you what he really is. Because I'm obsessed with that idea now. Oh wait, no. Oh, okay, I remember. Cause I, I was thinking of the um, the penny pincher who literally just likes to steal pennies. Wait, actually, hang on. I'm I'm double checking. Egghead, you're a hundred percent right. <laughs> it really is that simple. But he also he's bald, and his head kind of looks like an egg. Do you think yeah, maybe just... he decided he was going to be a supervillain one day, but didn't know like what to build his identity off of? <laughs> and he was and just like, was... <laughs> I could be bald guy. Nah, that one doesn't work. But I like <laughs> eggs. <laughs> hey, man, whatever works. Yeah. Uh, he was also, he was played by Vincent Price in the old series. Oh, my so. God. <laughs> <laughs> so, so if you haven't seen this, you should probably go check it out after this. Um, the other one, uh, who I actually, I don't think he was in the Adam West series is the condiment King. Yep. And I think, I think that speaks for itself. I think we can have some real fun on this show with the condiment King. Uh, maybe there's like a, a fucking like a food competition or something. And he's like, put ketchup on things that shouldn't have ketchup on them. Or, you know, there's some mix up where maybe our heroes are involved in some baking competition. <laughs> and uh somebody is sabotaging the pies with mayonnaise or something <laughs> i think his origin would have to be that like he was a hot dog cart owner that got like radioactive waste dumped on his hot dog cart it would either started... have to be that or it would have to be related to the um like first scene of uh breaking bad season five where that guy's like trying the different dipping sauces <laughs> Do you remember that? Yeah. I, I think like the condiment king would be that guy. He's just crazy for dipping sauces. He loves dipping sauces and he happened to invent a new uh, flavor of ranch. And maybe like they were forming by the end and he starts working for McDonald's. He's their new spokesperson. I know this wouldn't make sense in 1997, but I think if there is ever another live action iteration of the condiment king it has to be played by eric andre oh my god yes with this whole ranch thing yeah the the ranch character is already condiment king (laughs) 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 oh suicide squad 2 coming uh in 2019 yeah i'm writing it he's in he's in there he's the main villain (laughs) um Amanda Waller just walks in and goes, hey, man, we need you guys back in. <laughs> this guy just keeps putting mayo on everything. I do want to say something. Uh, earlier, we um, we were asking who the Adams actor was and where we may have seen him before. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are 
two two answers to that uh, question. The first is that he's the voice of the Crypt Keeper from Tales from the Crypt, um, which I know I had looked that up before, so I think that was where I recognized him from. Um, but he also plays my favorite Stooge from the Three Stooges movie made in 2000. He plays Shemp. Does he really? He looks like a Shemp. <laughs> He's good old Shemp. He definitely has that Shemp look. He's a total Shemp. Total Shemp. Um, I think that about does it on my pitches. Do you have, do you have any other uh, ideas? Um... I mean, not really. I mean, I feel like we could have thrown, like, Film Freak in there. Just because he's mm. just basically an actor that decided he wanted to be a supervillain. And uses, like, dumb, like, cheesy one-liners from movies. And I feel like, you know, maybe BB is, like, at an audition. And, like, that's when it all starts for Film Freak. I don't know. Something like that. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure... Um other people are listening to this very aggravated by us that maybe there were some other ideas we could have explored here but truthfully this media hurts it hurts it does (laughs) it's it's really bad and i think it's hard for me to even conceptualize that there might be more episodes of this show because (laughs) the first episode literally melted my brain so yeah Turns out the real villain was the Justice League. <laughs> was the show. Was the show. Um, can I can I just say something really quick about the uh, the director of this pilot? Yeah. So his name is Felix Enriquez uh, Alcala. Um, Alcala, maybe? Um, which I probably butchered that name. Just don't call him late for dinner. Ha ha. <laughs> oh, man. Um, so... This director, uh, he has a pretty uh, colored history in um, uh, television. He's done a lot of different shows, a lot of big shows. He, he, he's an accomplished director. Um, and this was one of his first, uh, you know, ambitious um, directorial projects. Most recently, however, uh, he directed two shows that are eerily similar and are out right now. He directed the SEAL Team uh, show he did an episode of that mm-hmm. and then he did the brave he did an episode on that one too huh and both of those shows are very similar they're both about like like military people who are like super heroic super like amazing so i don't know maybe this guy found his niche that early on in life he found his niche and he's just going to roll with it. He's going to stick to those those team shows. He likes teams. He's uh he's in it for the teamwork. So I think that's going to do it for this episode. Um, follow us on Twitter. We're at Unaired Podcast. Check out our Facebook page. Uh, check out our Instagram. That's also at Unaired Podcast. And I think that's about it. Uh, Andy, thanks for coming on and talking about this travesty of the modern era. Uh, thank you for having me. I'm, I'm just glad that, uh, you know, we can warn people about this and hopefully encourage them to uh, watch it at your own discretion. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I'm Ed. And I'm Andy. And just remember, much like this.
garbage pile of TV, some things are better left unaired. Bye. Holy sidetracking, guys! The train just came off the tracks! Derailers! Be sure to follow The Derailers on Twitter, at The Derailers! And make sure you subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, and also on YouTube, so you can catch the episode next week, folks! Same derailment time, same derailment channel!